What's up, everybody? Coach Cahill here, host of the Coach Cahill Podcast, where we talk to you about how to better navigate the college process. Our guest today is Coach Vincent DiGatano, a.k.a. Coach Dig, as you can find him on Twitter, who's an assistant coach over at Fordham University. He brings a wealth of information and experience across multiple decades as a football coach, but also as a parent and as a teacher for many years in the New York City public school system. Enjoy. too much on behalf all right sorry yeah no we're all good all right cool so coach what uh, you described yourself as the benjamin button of college football coaching what do you mean by that uh well you know i mean you look at like your sometimes your uh your your career path in in, in football and you know I, I was fortunate enough when i started out to to be a defensive coordinator in my 20s at a very young age and you know, be able to be that in the high school and the division three level and, 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 you know, not really having a ton of experience and being surrounded by some really good coaches and um, working for some really good coaches too. And what ended up happening was you kind of get to that point where you're like, you know, where's my next step. You're always kind of asking where your next step is. And it's funny because every kind of place that I've been after coordinating you know, for a little while, at least, it was always like, you know, these, these roles that were kind of in the back of the table kind of deal, as opposed to being, uh, you know, you know, at the front of it, leading, leading everybody. So I kind of always find it funny. I joke with it because, you know, I'm around and I've been around for a while now, I feel like. <laughs> and, 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 and like my role is really never really defined. It's kind of like I'm kind of there um, to help out wherever I can. Last couple of places I've been especially. Uh, and, uh, I joke because I was like, I was like, you know, well, would I ever kind of go back over to there? And I always feel like I've worked the whole thing in reverse. Like now I'm in a QC role. <laughs> so right. it's like, like I'm surrounded by guys that are starting their career and I'm kind of where I am. And I'm kind of like, I always feel like I'm just worked the whole thing back in reverse. <laughs> so I was joking, yeah. go to the Brad Pitt movie, Benjamin Button, when he was old and then he became young. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's been, that's been a, a pretty appropriate kind of way to put it yeah. yeah but but that's that's interesting though because you hear such a um you know the, the stereotype for most college coaches is like you know you where's your next jump where am i leapfrogging to the the coaching turnover is really high if you're not in one of those coordinator or, or head coaching positions um but you've kind of found that like that's not the you know that's going to be your path what, what do you think it is what is it about coaching that you know keeps drawing you back in it's kind of like the mafia you know like every time you try to get out coaching draws you back in right. what is yeah, it about and, coaching that draws you in right so i mean you know and i and i think about that all the time because i and i always kind of do that thing like at the end of the year and you kind of say like kind of look up at the scoreboard and you kind of look at the, the whole process and is this kind of it like is this the last deal you know and you kind of go through it you go through the paces of it too but you know i think you know there's a lot of things that, that help. I mean, you've, you've done it for so long and you enjoy it, but it's, you know, it's really, I gotta say, it's, it's, it's really being around the players. It's like one of the, one of the greatest parts of the whole deal. I mean, just being able to go ahead and start something every year that's fresh and has so much potential and so much life to it. And you all have a common goal. And in the end of the day, there's a scoreboard. 
because there's very few things, you know, and, you know, we all kind of get involved as we get older in some different things. And, you know, there's, there's a lot, but there's not very rare that there's a scoreboard at the end. And there's very rare that you really know that you, 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 you did what you needed to do or you didn't need what you do together. And, um, you know, one of my biggest motivators is really the players more than anything else, because they're just so, they give so much and you, and you see it in there and you want to be part of it. And you want to do the, do, do things with, you know, to, to motivate them and to give them a great experience. And that's a big part of it. And I, and I always tell them, I say, you know, you probably give me more than I'll ever give you in the end of the day, just because, um, you know, to be around something that's so, you know, pure in that respect that, that, that crosses over so many boundaries when it comes back, it transcends all of everything really in society that you really have, but we have so much division, I think that we deal with and to be able to go into a locker room, it's just such a special place. And, you know, where I'm at now is just, is, is probably one of the greatest examples of it too, where there's just an opportunity to be, you know, on that, that game day and it's, yeah, you run out. Yeah. There's some great stuff with that. It's really exciting and there's strategy and whatever, but the best part about it, I think it draws you back. is just you know, that your fact that you get to do it together. Like, did you get to look somebody in the eye and go like, can we do this? Can we get this done? And, and, and you, and you, you just believe in one another and, and, you know, most of the sometimes it works out, which is fun too, <laughs> but even when it doesn't, you kind of, you know, you went down that path together and the players do that. And then, you know, part of that too is the coaches, especially being don't doing this for you know a little while now and, you know, seeing guys come up, it's really exciting. It's really exciting to see them at the beginning of their careers. Um, you know, and, and you say to yourself, I, I don't know what I'm going to do or where I'm going to do it. But when you watch them come up and you see they have so much life and so much, um, and so many different kind of like, um, um, so many different energies and, and that, that they bring to, 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 to the game every day. That's really, really helpful um, in, in doing it. And, and all of a sudden, you know, it gets warm and, and you say, okay, we're, we're going down this path again. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I bet you guys have your, you know, you have your recruiting camp revving up in a little bit. Um, that's going to be exciting. What is it about? And, well, this is a last kind of pit stop down the, you know, kind of your coaching role. Um, what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes young coaches make when they're first starting out? I, you know what? And it's funny because it's cliched and I'm not a big cliche guy, but like starring in your role and being where you're at, I think is one of the biggest challenges that guys have and, and really taking advantage of the learning opportunity that you have, like in the role. And, and, and truthfully, I joke about the Benjamin Button thing, but it's even tough sometimes going from the role, some of the roles I've been and then in there and to say to yourself, you know, like, is this, you know, but when I was head coach for a brief time, I was head coach and I came back, I had a real appreciation for every aspect of what happens and everything is so important. And like, if you're setting up a drill and like nobody's above putting a cone down on the ground and picking it up and making sure the field is hundred percent clear. And there's a message I think that's sent in everything that you do. And it's funny because there's always a funny story I have because, you know, when I took the role that I'm in now at QC, I, I was, I was setting the clock, right. And I never knew how to set the clock. And I kind of said, man, I was like coordinator. I did this. Now I'm setting the clock, right. You know, in, in one day I kind of thought to myself and the funniest part was I went to become head coach. And the first thing that ended up happening in D3 was I had to set the clock. And if I had, I not done that and taken like that much pride in doing it in a prior role, I wouldn't have started practice like <laughs> as the head coach. So like no job is like too small and and uh, and, and too big in it in it too and and you know when you get to be in all the different roles and all the different spots of it you you really 
you really have an, you really gain an appreciation for everything that's done. And, you know, a lot of times it's really not, you can't really see down the road when you're younger and that these things are important, that it's like, it sends a message for how organized you are, how far stuff's pushed back and how seamlessly you move from drill to drill. And it's not really until you plan a practice that you start to understand, you know, you want to shake it up. You want to do all sorts of stuff. You want to do some things that are unique, but you know, the efficiency is so important and the design of it and every aspect of it. And I think, you know, you know, when I started to go down the road of, putting together a head coach packet and this is prior to becoming one for a brief time but like when I was at one of the places I thought I knew what an interview looked like and it wasn't until somebody sat me down and said um do you have these phases together do you have a packet that kind of really speaks to what you do and I didn't and that was me being in the game for quite a good amount of time and that was something I never did and I, and I always tell the young coaches too I say you know put your head coach pack together now Everywhere you are, talk to head coaches, talk to everybody, put your head coach's packet together now. I'm like, it's such a far-fetched thing. Maybe you're 22 years old, but, you know, 22 becomes 32 real fast. 32 becomes 42 real fast. And you don't want to be starting that process of looking of how would you run a team, like, at that time. You probably want to do that, you know, throughout. And that's one thing that you look back and say, man, I wish I would spend a little bit more time understanding how a budget works. And I wish I would have spent a little bit more time understanding uh, – how to, how to, how to do a hotel room list. You know what I mean? Right. When you get the, the that's the that stuff nobody there. ever thinks about, you know, it's yeah, like, you get to the point that's there and it's you. Sailor had the, Robert Sailor had the thing and he blew the, had the blue to West, they had the blue to whistle at the end of practice. And he, he hopefully he realized that was him. <laughs> he had to blow the whistle. <laughs> so it's kind of no different. There's these little things that shock you all of a sudden. Um, and they come at you quick. So you know, the biggest thing with young coaches is don't, don't think that it'll never happen because it happens very quickly, but don't, you don't want to be blindsided and not have something and say, man, I wish I would have asked X coach I worked for, you know, how do you budget? How do you, how do you book a bus? You know, like things like that are just so important um, because ultimately when you're in charge, that falls on you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's like, um, you know, being a first year teacher, it's like, you know, you're thinking about the lesson, but then like, you never thought about classroom management. You never thought about like, Oh, you know, two kids getting a fight. How do you break that up? Um, there's, you know, it's so different. The reality of being a head coach because I'm sure most assistants don't think about the budget because it's not necessarily in their job description, but that is a significant portion of the job. And you're, you're a head coach, but you're also a fundraiser and you're a politician and you're, you know, you're, you're doing all this other extra stuff. That's good advice. Um, and it's, and who you, and who's like, everybody looks and goes, well, I work EAD, right? But nobody realized that this is a student activity. So who's like in charge of student activities for school and what's their vision for it? And like, where does that work? And who is that person and what's their role and how close or how far away are they from this? And these are things from going through that, that I kind of realized, oh, there's a lot of validity in that piece. And you just think to yourself, well, there's AD and he runs the apartment, that's it. But who's really going to be motivating that? And a couple of places have been made me look back and say, you know, this, you got to remember, especially at the college level, you know, this is a student activity, right? This is a student activity and it's, and it's on a lot of levels. It's something obviously that generates a lot of um, fanfare, but it's also a student activity for the student athletes that are involved. And it's like, how does that flow of information work? And who are those people? And what relationship do I have with them? And what's the expectation from them too? Um, it's stuff that you don't really hear about and you don't really think about because you kind of, 
in an office and you're looking at the screen and you're watching film and you're doing what you know you're doing recruiting you're doing whatever it is you need to do um but those are those are roles that you definitely want to be able to um to be able to understand and master especially at a young age great habitual things to do yeah sure um so let's transition what do you think and we're going to go over to recruiting a little bit now um what do you think is the biggest problem in college football recruiting it could be you know, nowadays or something that you've seen in general over the course of your career? Um, you know, I mean, I don't see, I don't, you know, the thing is, I don't necessarily know there's a problem with it as much as it's just, it's just changing so rapidly. And you have to, and it's a matter of being able to stay ahead of the curve of how things are going to work. And, you know, everybody's kind of looking to innovate and everybody wants to do something a little unique and different and, Right down to photo shoots. Now you're seeing. I mean, it, last week you're seeing. I mean, but I mean, there's some cool. good photo shoots. I'm pretty jealous. There's some great ones. That's Believe cool. me, I'm I'm looking to to carpenter friends to see what can you build. I mean, constantly at those type of things too. I believe it's just not it's not gonna that's not gonna. But it's it's a matter of you know making sure that you there's a good healthy balance between that and between what you really are. I think is really important because the other added caveat to obviously everything now is, is with the transfer component of it. And with the transfer component of it, obviously, you know, there's a lot that you can get that can start. And like, like I meant, what's the vision of the department? What's the vision of the team? It's very, it could very simply give like a little bit of a false narrative of what the expectation is with some of the things that happen. So I think that there's, I don't necessarily know that's a problem, but as things progress and everybody's trying to one up everybody, there could be, you know, a lack in spots of a healthy balance between what the reality is and what, and what the, um, and what, you know, kind of the, 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 the uh, lack of a term, the show is at some point in time. And, and, you know, when you get there, there's, an, I guess the best way to put it, there can become an unrealistic expectation, right? When that happens. And, you know, that's why, you know, some of the, most of the places I've been, uh, pretty much all the places I've been, I should say, especially now, it's very honest when it comes to that. Like we try to depict who we are. And I've always been happy that those places do that. You know, even when I first started out, like we were always very honest about who we were in that thing. I just, it's, it's just, you know, and then, but you're also, again, like I said, you're balancing up against what everybody else is offering. So, um, but the good part about that too, the good part about that too, is if you are, genuine about who you are. And this has always been my experience going back. When you do, you may not get the guy, you know, always the guy, you know, whatever the case may be. Somebody may go somewhere else that, that happens, but you get the person that best fits what you do, right? And that's, I think, really important too. If you can get the people who best fit the vision that you have, then, you know, there's a lot of development that happens after that too. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, obviously I've been to places that have great athletes that have excelled at, you know, beyond different levels too, um, in the most surprising places. But I think it's always, you know, you know, back when we started, like when I first started coaching, it was, it was at a, you know, quasi-military school. We made the mistake of trying to, and it had a civilian program. We tried to recruit to the civilian program because you know, more kids would want to come to that than they would want to come to the military side, right? Usually more football players do too. But, but you know, the mistake we made was that they're going to if they're going to excel at the place they got to do the thing that the place does right and that's one of the things that we committed to and once we committed to that we realized that you know there are a lot of players out there 
that have our vision, that have a lot of talent, that will do the thing that we asked that, that the place has asked them to do. And, you know, taking them in there at 17 and 18 years old and keeping them there for like 22, 23, you know, 22 years old or so, you know, there's a big difference about that. You know, I used to tell, one of the things I used to tell kids, especially at that level was, used to say, you know, you're the number one recruit we have is the guy we already have, non-scholarship football specifically, because they didn't have to stay. And, you know, we say that you're the number, they're the number one recruit we have. So two things I'm going to say is, you know, if you come here, Next year, you'll be the one recruit we have. <laughs> That's number one. Um, and then, but, you know, because there's a commitment to them. And then, but, you know, obviously, you're, I can never, I would never say, that, we would never say that you're the top recruit because it's the guy who's here. Because he already made the commitment to us. And why, why that became so important was because, and we looked at, you know, it's funny, at the time we had looked at like, what, you know, when really the one, in, before the one and done-ish kind of world in basketball, and even before that, when when uh, um, really with the, people were skipping to go to the NBA before, like you know, this is going back then. And look, like, why was Duke so good? Well, Duke was able to keep it in the program. They were able to take that and do it. So we said, you know, what? that's what we need to focus on. We need to focus on keeping them in the program and getting them to graduation, making them strong alumni, and making them the best possible person for this. And that's ultimately what we dedicated to. And and in in doing it. It was, it was just realizing that like, we have something great to offer and we're gonna get great people that are gonna do it. So that was one of the, one of the um, commitments we had to make. And, and I'm glad to say like the places I've been since then have really had that same mindset. And I, feel, I consider myself regardless of my Benjamin Buttonism or not, like I, you know, I, I consider myself very fortunate to be around some really great people in doing that. Right, yeah, well, and I think you're seeing or, and what I've seen, at least doing the podcast, is whether it's D3, all the divisions of, of college football, there seems to be more of an emphasis on, at least some of the schools, you know, let's get less players in the recruiting pipeline, but make sure they're higher quality, make sure they're guys. Let's stop taking 75 guys in a freshman class and let's get 40 guys, 20 guys that we know are have a 90% chance of being here for four years and we're just going to support the heck out of them. Um, you know, because there's such a, um, I remember, like, I went to a small D3 school in upstate New York, and looking back, there was probably some type of an admissions push to kind of use the football program to bring in more male students. You know, at that school, we probably were like 10% of the population. So we came in with almost 100 freshmen. But by the time we finished four years later, maybe there was 20 guys left in the whole, in that year. Um you know, so I, I think your your best billboard for your program are going to be the players that you recruit and stay four years, and then, like you said, become strong alumni. Yeah, and that was and that was always the case. Like you know, you don't have to necessarily you know negative recruit when you could say this is how many retain we retained on our roster, and this is how many are striving for progress towards graduation, and this is what that you know you kind of you know there's a lot on there the NCAA does by rules obviously when it comes back to tying in you know, progress towards graduation and everything. But, you know, if you, like in, in most of these situations, if you put a little bit more on yourself, right? If you put a higher expectation on yourself for the thing that, you know, the rule's there for a reason, obviously, to safeguard the health, you know, every rule that we have, and, and I deal a lot, obviously, with the, with the, um, with the uh, health and safety side of it, but every rule is to safeguard student athletes. It's, you know, either on the field or off the field. Um, that's what the intention of the rule is. But, you know, if you can supersede the rule, and you expand even beyond the rule. I mean, there's a rule there for a reason to safeguard, but that doesn't mean you, that's your minimum. 
you know, you know, it doesn't mean you can excel be way beyond that too. Mm -hmm. So we were able to do that, even though we weren't held to that in Division Three at the time. You know, we—that's one of the things we held the standard to ourselves to do, and it was—it was selfish. It beneficial to, you know, it's beneficial to be there. I'm not going to say, you know, there's a selfishness to, to doing it um, because you want to keep players on the field, but they benefit from it, so it's not bad. Sure, <laughs> totally. Um, and and when you talk to parents, or you know, I don't know exactly how in the thick of recruiting that you are at Fordham. Um, but this could, you could answer it in general or from a Fordham perspective, but what do you think is the biggest misconception that you have to clear up for parents and players that you're working I actually am, the... I actually am a, a, what do you call it though? I, I am a parent of a, a, not of a soccer recruit. So, oh so, man. So you're getting, oh, you're getting it from the soccer angle. So I, you know, so, but I, and I, and I, I will say like, I could probably speak from the parent perspective. Yeah, it's, that's great. It's more along the line of clarifying what everybody's kind of got because everybody thinks everybody's got something you know they have a rumor and like we're all kind of, and in soccer i have no kind of clue or everything you know i'm pretty i'm i'm, I'm good at uh, post-game ice cream i'm great at that you know i'm, I'm <laughs> i i know a little bit you know but but uh um but like the thing is like you know i mean you know the parent community is you know it's funny because the kids go out and, and they're, they're amongst other kids. They're used to being a lot amongst a lot of other kids and from other areas and whatever. The parent community is actually very small, <laughs> the, the little small pockets of it. So I, I watch parents at like some of the stuff like that I go to, and they, nobody ever talks to anybody. Like it's all the, like the people that know each other at these like events and all the kids get to know each other real fast. Hey, where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? <laughs> but, and you kind of, you go and it's like, it's like, you know, well, did you hear so and so got you and so and go, and it's probably most of it is probably fiction. You know, you know they got offer here, they got this, they got that, and you know it's it's important that you really understand what you can actually get. Like as a parent, like you know first and foremost, and and you know my wife kind of jokes all the time, especially like the D three, and they go, you know, kick out a full athletic scholarship, and so and my wife will be the first to correct. There's no such thing as a full, you know. She's also like, she's like, you know, she likes to verbalize a lot of stuff but what ends up happening is ultimately it's it's important to kind of keep perspective take a breath not it's not a slight on you if your kid didn't get it you know right away it doesn't necessarily mean that that kid got something or didn't get something or just because of talking to somebody or they got a phone call or they got something to um you know you have to just really remember to you know focus on your child like and focus on like what your relationship is going to be like and, and really get the you know, have the opportunity to really speak, you know, let them speak to and, and you speak to recruiting coaches and coaches and get a real perspective of what your situation is. Just because somebody else got something or didn't something doesn't mean that you're not going to get something. It, it, always, it, it just means that, you know, there's a unique way of kind of going about it. You don't know if that conversation was initiated by, by them or if there's some other relationship in some way, shape, you don't know if they're at another camp or something. So it's, it's a little bit of patience, I think, and just really understanding and, and staying focused and, and, you know, and you look at this from a perspective as not worrying what everybody else thinks about what you might or might not have and really stay focused on like what you're doing. That, that's really coming from me as somebody who is going through the process and trying to stay as calm as possible with it myself. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's tough as parents because you're, I mean, we like hype from kindergarten to 12th grade we just hype kids up about college 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 
Um, and I think parents are more nervous about college than the kids are half the time. And then you can very quickly lose sight of what does success look like for my kid versus trying to play catch up with the Joneses or, Oh, they got D one or how come this kid got a response from that coach that didn't get back to my kid. And it's uh, you can get really stuck in the weeds real fast as a parent. The other thing too, I think is most important is, is to speak to your child. And that's one of the things that we go through here and really understand what their expectation is and make sure that they understand what the expectation is at these levels. And speaking from experience, I have some deep conversations about, because they understand, you know, my child understands, you know, you're going to get up for, if you're in the, you know, in the division one level, you're going to get up every morning for workouts. It's going to be an expectation, you know, and sitting on some of these and sitting on some of these, these virtual panels um, has been helpful to gain a perspective and speak in the, some of them have done player panels. And we do a great stuff with that. We've done it in the past. We do it live, but you know, there's, there, it's really speaking to the players in the program is really so important too, I think, because you gain a perspective of, is this a place for me or is this a level for me? And we, you know, is this something I want to do? Cause it's a, it's a little bit of a culture shock, mm-hmm. especially if it's something that, you know, um, you know, is going to be a high expectation. Like you're, you know, you know be there all summer or you're going to, you know, spring ball and workouts at six o'clock and, you know, they're mandatory. If they're going to come. I mean, because they don't want that. They think they want that. They don't want that. They want their experience to be much different. So I think with parents, and I've learned my lesson on that myself, is to really have a conversation what their expectation is. And um, I think that that's, that's extremely helpful, you know, and, and the big, you know, big thing, and we were talking today with uh, another coach and, you know, doing research. Like when you come in, like know who the coach is. I mean, there's enough information out there. There's really enough information with bios and Twitters and all that other stuff out there. You know, the coach is really, you would, you would, you would hope that when you're speaking to you, they, they know who you are. Right. But it's, you know, to really cultivate a relationship, if you know who they are, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot better too. <laughs> and right. like I said, you know, there's names, there's spouses, names, children's names, there's where you're from, where you've been, whatever the case may be. I think, you know, understanding that I think is, is really separates you too from the conversation. Some of, you know, when they walk up and they say, my name is someone, so I'm great. You know, how's point? You know, it's like, oh, wait, how'd you know that? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Well, and I think what you're hinting at is, person, you know, people skills are a lot of recruiting, and it doesn't really matter the sport. It is people skills. It's self marketing, schmoozing, if you will. But all things being equal, like coaches are stuck with you for four years too. So if I have a player, two players of equal ability, and one is more personable, and you know has better questions or sends me thank you notes or thank you cards and they're respectful, polite, makes eye contact, you know, that might be the thing that nudges the needle toward that kid. Um, And I think that's especially hard to convey to young people because, you know, college football recruiting is really their first experience job interviewing. Um, And it's really, and it comes at you fast and it's really hard to like most kids are terrified of their high school football coach and it's even harder to to terrified in a good way like this guy controls whether i play or not and then coming to talk to a guy like you who's got the cool logo and you have the presence of all your college football coach that that's even more intimidating because hey this guy could you know say yes or no to me to potentially a school i really want to go to um what's your advice for maybe not and there's a lot of advice on camps and how to perform this summer 
Um, but what's your advice on the, on the people skills side of things? Do you have like your cardinal rules, like do's and don'ts in terms of how to interact with a college coach at these recruiting events? Well, like I said, I think you touched on it too. You're definitely, you know, <clears throat> first of all, from the time you walk in, I mean, how you walk in, especially the, you know, you know I give you one. That's really the big one. Yeah. We love horror stories on the podcast. So. No, no, no. I'll give you one <laughs> example of it. Okay. I don't necessarily have a horror story, but it's very stressful at sign in a lot of times, every camp you go to, right. It's always lying. There's always missing a paper who's got what, but I mean, there's stuff we get a Jersey, you do all this stuff. The way that you interact with your parents at that speaks a lot. So you have, there's a, there's some moments of frustration and if you're, you know, acting in a way that's pretty disrespectful towards your parents is probably going to be a pretty big turn off. That's probably right away. To, to jump and, off that, I, I saw a kid, very talented, uh, you know, could be like a freshman starter at a, a D1 school. But after the camp, he like snapped at his parents, was cursing. And I, you know, I wasn't, I'm not on staff at this event, but if I, if it, I think if any coach on that, camp staff and saw that they would have crossed his name off right away yeah and that's that's a that's a huge deal i mean there's there's obviously and there's a bet like we talk about a balance you know we want competitive very competitive ultra competitive people inside the way but you know you're going to be on that campus walking around um in the dining hall in the classroom in the training room and you know representing it you know a lot more than you are going to be in the, on the field there's a reality there's a reality that's going to be, and if that's how you're going to act towards people that are, you know, putting out to make sure you're there and, and how they're going to deal. I mean, that's, that's not a great, you know, obviously starting point too. And then obviously, like, I think you just touched on, you know, the eye contact is huge. Um, you know, being able to present yourself in a way, uh, understanding that there's a flood of, of people there and you don't have to do any kind of cartwheels or anything to separate yourself from the mix, but, you know, making sure that you're, you know, where you're supposed to be when you're going to be there and, and clear and concise. And, and, you know, the big thing too is, and everybody handles the testing the testing is obviously ultra stressful, you know, part of it for, for players. And, um, you know, the big thing is, you know, be in a position where you do all your prep work before you get there, right. Whatever that is you need to do. And, you know, when you're working on it, you know, you work to compete, you work to compete with it too. Right. And you understand that, you know, there's going to be times where it's not going to be great. It's not the end all be all the measurables. You know, they're an indicator and they're great. But ultimately, you know, just like your play is not going to go ahead and supersede the measurables, the measurables are not going to supersede your play. There's got to be a good, healthy balance between the two. And the biggest thing is obviously, you know, all those little things that, that we have, right? You know, you know, being a leader, being in front of, on the front of the lines, taking reps, doing what you need to do. You know, those kind of things are huge. And obviously the other part of it too is, got to be yourself, but you know, you need to be coachable, right? You want to take coaching and everybody's going to handle it differently. Some people are going to coach a little harder because they want to see, you know, they want to coach you the way they're going to coach. They want to get, see if you're going to be able to handle coaching, whatever it is. Right. Um, yeah. They're recruiting you, but you know, there's going to be a, there's, like I said, there's, there's a way to kind of handle it, but taking coaching is huge. Taking coaching is huge. And everybody kind of does it a little different way, the way they're brought up. And some people are yes, sir. No, sir. And some people aren't yes, coach. They are, they aren't. I don't necessarily know that that's something that, you know, I would advise if that's not something you do, but in the same respect, there's a way you take coaching and try to, and then again, you attempt to translate coaching 
you know, and that's, you know, even if you're kind of uncomfortable with it, you try to attempt to translate coaching into when you're competing. I think there's a lot to be said for that too. Um, you know, you know, we don't always have all the answers and especially in a split second, we may suggest something, but if you're willing to, like we talked about at the beginning, if you're willing to take that coaching and try to apply it immediately, I think it speaks a lot too. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, kind of shifting gears here a little bit, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, the Patriot, your Fordham's in the Patriot league. Um, and the Patriot league has a little bit different set of rules than other FCS divisions. Could you just talk to us about well, that's not gonna be my deal. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. We'll, we'll cut that part then. Yeah, that's uh, not gonna be my deal. I know when to fold them. <laughs> no, I hear you. Well, I, mean, I got I know you. them, but I don't want to speak on that. Because yeah, that's, that's totally get it. No, no worries. Way too out of my realm of like <laughs> you get a head coach from forward. Like we were, like, we're kind of like in there, and I was like, yeah, he goes any step further, they have to. Kind of yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. No worries. Um, I'm like the back of the table guy. I'm trying to stay in the. I'm trying to stay in the room. I I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> um, so, what would what would be, I guess, one um, one piece of advice you would give parents and players, uh, and maybe coaches too, going through this, you know, restart of this massive juggernaut machine we call college football. You know, when COVID happened, it's just like we hit the e brake and just shredded all the gears apart. Yeah. You had spring football. Some high schools had spring football. Camp season just started. Um, what's your best piece of advice for players, parents, and coaches? You know, we are where we are right now, I think is the biggest thing. And we're not going to, you know, we're not going to regain a year and a half overnight. And I think there's, there's obviously, there's a lot of, there's a lot of excitement right now. I mean, there's probably the most excitement that there's been in a while just because of, uh, Really, but when the satellite camps came out a couple of years ago, I think there was this kind of excitement where it was like every day. But like, you know, I think that there's 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 something you gotta be cautious of, of like like overdoing it, right? You always you say to yourself, like, it's not gonna be regained, right? That's not gonna change. You know, like you can only you can and talk about like being where your feet are, right? Like, you know, if you've got a camp A on a on a day and then you've got another camp and you've got another visit, you gotta get be at that camp that day doing that doing that deal, right doing that doing competing there right like you know if you had better numbers or competed at a different camp you know and they really and people are interested in you they're gonna they're gonna find out that you and you know what the same respect you may see that same coach in another camp so you know put your best effort forward and be balanced it's not not one it's like it's like anything right like you have practice like you can't just practice hard like you just can't, you can't just overdo it one day and then not respond there any other time, right? You, you, you've got to go ahead and be consistent, like with everything too, but realize like when, where you're at, whatever you're doing, you know, you're at our camp, you're at you know, another camp, whatever the case may be, like do that camp that day, do that camp that day, compete with the, compete, and do what they're asking you to do, right? And then, and then take it from there and then, you know, take a breath, recover, and then go to the next one. Parents too. You know, parents are no different too. You know, you know, you're going from camp to camp, and it's a little wearing on you and the other stuff too. But you know, treat that place unique. Treat that staff, those people, as unique. Like, like you know, it's almost the Joe DiMaggio rule. Like, I'm going to play because I, the, nobody ever saw it. that. That may be the only time that kid ever saw me play. So that's what you're going to end up kind of like doing. You know, kind of on that deal. Um, you know, I think it's probably the best thing. And I almost equate it back to 
maybe a couple of years back when we really had the, the um, surge of all the satellite camps and everybody was out and about and going and doing, you know, everywhere. And you'd see the same kid every night. Now those kids are becoming seniors now. I guess it was about four or five years ago, but seen a lot of them becoming seniors. And, and there were some great opportunities, I mean, to grow as a coach. There were great opportunities to grow, um, uh, you know, as a player and get better you did see some times where kids were like, you know, basically, well, you know, I'm not going to give it tonight because I, I went last night or I'm going to the big one tomorrow night. You sign up, you show up, right. be there, be there and do what you're doing right there. Um, you don't think about what you did yesterday. You don't think about what you're doing tomorrow. Right. Just, just do it there. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard uh, some coaches this week saying they're, they're getting kids opting out of running 40 times. Like you're, you know, Mac Jones or something at the NFL combine. It's like, I mean, I see it, but that, that was kind of my concern thinking of, you know, and talking to some high school and college coaches, it's like, you know, you don't want kids to go back too fast, too quickly. You know, if you, if they didn't play a season in the spring, they're at probably out of shape. And if they just played a season, they're probably still a little beat up. So kind of like you said, you know, you don't want to overdo it and you don't have to go to every single camp. I mean, and I think that's a problem in school in general and you being a dad of a, of a teenager. Now I'm sure your, your, your child has friends who are applying to like 15, 20 more or more colleges and they're not even thinking about sports. It's just, I think a lot of young people very quickly overextend their efforts and they don't go back to that question. Like you hinted at, uh, you know, earlier, you know, what, what works for you? What does success look like for you? You know, what, what what's our deal as a family or are we just, seeing all these graphics drop from the sky on Twitter and it's like, Oh shoot, I got to go there. Cause they have more logos on this little tiny Twitter pixel. Yeah. I mean, listen, and that's, I said that that's the keeping up with, and that's where the balance is. Is this a true reflection of, of what this place offers? You know I mean? And it's where like, cause the act you know, remember they're academic institutions. So, you know, if you have some place and, and they're like, you know, trying to, tell you this but the, the graphic is like all the way out here you know they're in and it doesn't you know they really align together you know that's a you know you know th- those type of things I, I, you look at and, and you know it's all great and everything like that too but you know you you just you just try to like put it all in perspective right now and if any if it's if we learned anything it's sometimes you just take a breath right and you just say like be where i am right now do I like where I am right this second? I envision myself being here, you know, for this period of time. Do I want to be around these people? You know, you know, I joke and they say, uh, you know, they say, they say, don't, I used to say when I was back when I first started, I was like coordinating and everything else, you know, really recruiting heavy, you know, in areas. I said, don't ever come here for me. Don't ever come here because I'm going to be here. Because like, you know, that's the wrong way to do it. You know, come here because this is the place for you. Like that, regardless what it is, four years from now, you want to go ahead and graduate. And you want to move, you know, on, on in your life in the right way, shape or form, you know, because, because that's where, you know, where it is. And you always feel good because you have integrity when you say stuff like that, because you know, things do come up and things change and you don't know what, what's going to end up happening or what doesn't, but, you know, you want to present what the opportunities are, you know, and I've always had the opportunity to be in close proximity to New York City, which is obviously sells itself. Um, but that's the easy part usually when it comes to it. But sure. um, like I said, you know, you, you want to see what your opportunities are afterwards too, but especially understand like, you know, compare and then, and then, you know, you make a list and compare like what your needs are and compare them 
And you say, okay, here's the pluses, here's the minuses. And then you ask, ask the questions, ask the tough ones. So wrapping up when you're, you know, 120 years old and you're telling your great grandkids how awesome of a coach you were, right? Um, then you're, you're thinking through all the players you've got to work with. What's the one thing you want your players to remember about their time with you? <laughs> when I'm 120, I'm, I'm guessing I'll probably be like, I don't know what's like water boy i don't know what i what i would be like because i'm working all the way backwards now so i'm probably oh that's right that's right we're not operating by normal physics yeah i'm yeah i'm i'm gonna be i'll be starting out i mean i'm i'm opening up i might be (laughs) benjamin button coach ga in for uh steve siasi the 12th or something at that point (laughs) (laughs) yeah he might be he's gonna be he's on his way to be you know king lord supreme of o-line twitter Please, please don't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to get a text from Coach Siasi and Brian. Very no, soon. no, he's like a little brother to me. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, he's, he's one of my one of my faves, but, uh, and he knows that. Um, but, uh, you know, listen, I think the biggest thing, and I think that's developed over time, is, is you, you want to hope that, you know, they realize you care about them. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and, caring about them I, it goes it goes like so far like i use the acronym care and everything i do for um coaching coaching with care i, I talk about it because you know i think you got to be married to something and the biggest thing is like by caring about them i mean i there's a I listen i've been me longer than a lot of than i've been leaving me longer than anybody's known me. so so <laughs> I'm not shy about that. I know there's a lot of stories about some crazy, some crazy things I would probably say or do, but at the heart of it, they knew I cared about them at the, at the end of the day. <laughs> um, and we had some fun. We're always going to have some fun, but like when I use the acronym of care, I'm always talking about like really culture. Um, so I'm talking about like, we build a place that they want to be. And then like people, people talk about like culture a lot. Um, you know, the culture of the team, most of them are not. It's like, do we build a place they want to be? genuinely want to be and they want to be around each other and like I said I learned that you know it's not always in words but sometimes in actions and and really the comfort of allowing people to be around people and not always and I learned that when I was in the head coaching position it's like you know you have a good team and you the best part is when they talk to one another not only when you're talking to them and you know you empower them to speak so the culture part of it they always knew like with caring that I was a person of action that I'm always going to be a person that's going to try to um, make sure we have a get it done attitude. And I want them to have a get it done, a sense of urgency in everything that we do. So it's a, you know, really with culture, it becomes action and then it comes respect. There's mutual respect, right. That obviously goes back and forth. And one of the things that with them, they always know I've been part of caring for them because I'm going to want to listen to them. Um, and that's one thing that I've learned over time taught long enough to know you have to listen to young people. You have to. Because yeah, they have a lot of good stuff. Yeah, you have to listen to them because, you know, the one thing about this generation, which is probably no different than the one I was in, is they're opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, it's, I, it's funny, like the, I, I don't think of myself as that old. I just turned 31, but like to yeah. my play, to my students and players, I might as well be 85 and like almost yeah. dead. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like I say, I'm not even, you know, it's funny. I've always kind of been around older people. It's probably, because, you know, I started when I was like 22 teaching and coaching and everything. So and you look around and you sit there and you go, I'm 44 now. And you sit there and you go, like, I'm really not even that old. You sit there and say, I just feel like I've been doing this so long. Um, 
you know, and then, and then, you know, the last piece of the care piece for me is, you know, so it's culture, it's action, it's respect. And the last piece is expectation. And, you know, I think that, you know, people get into this whole thing about enthusiasm and energy and all that other stuff. I think, you know, I learned I was probably a lot more juice driven when I was younger, you know, and it was never phony, it was never fake. Um, but, you know, when you learn, you learn and set that really high expectation, like the do it again attitude and the, and the fact that like, you're going to be asked to do it correctly. Like it's like, and, and there's a, there's a high expectation. I think that flows. So, you know, when I kind of put all those things together, um, you know, there's a lot that goes on with caring and putting your arm around them and telling them you love them and all that other stuff too. And, and really, I think that that's important and that's the emotional side of it. And, and that's one side of caring, but really caring is by like the, 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 the kind of atmosphere, the atmosphere you build around them and the fact that you, you like, you know about them and you know, you know, like their history and, you know, you can call them up now, sure. you know, and they're like 30 something years old and they've got their kids and whatever. And you're kind of like, remember that time that this happened? And then like, just like <laughs> you know, yeah. I get these random text groups and I'm like sitting there I'm like laughing because and it's like, it was yesterday and it's like they're 18 again. Sure. Kind sure. Reminds me, it makes me think I'm 18 again sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> But that, I think that's ultimately what you what you kind of get through. And then, and then, last question: Is there a particular? I mean, you've coached hundreds, if not thousands, of players. Um, but is there a particular uh, player success story that, or a particular player that comes to mind that maybe taught you something? Like, like you said, I don't know if we were recording or not, but when we first started chatting, it's you know you mentioned that you get way more from the players and they might get from you, even though they think that, you know, you're the, you're the guy impacting them. Um, was there a particular player that taught you something about who you were as a coach or a person that you hadn't seen unless you had come across them? You know, I, I tell you, yeah, I mean, there's many times that that's happened. Um, to think of one that sticks out. I mean, there's so many success stories. I mean, you know, the ones that probably stick out more are the ones that you weren't successful, mm-hmm. you know, where you couldn't see them through the other side of that stuff. But I think, you know, the, the big things, and like I said, when I was at a military place, you know, it's hard, you know, to change a life and stuff like that. So when they come in, they're doing some form of indoctrination. I think the biggest ones, and there's so many of them, when they sat there and wanted to give up. And they wanted to quit and they wanted to leave and said, this wasn't for me. It's whatever it was. And, and you get to those places where, you know, you sat in the room and you talk them off the ledge and you're like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And then you just push them back in. But the bigger ones I think came years down the road when you didn't have to do that anymore. The same thing with half, right. But you didn't have to do that anymore. Because what happened was you would just pick up the phone and call somebody who's now a successful person to speak. To. And I think no, that was no. like, you know, when you say put them on the phone and then no matter where they were in the month of August, like I learned this when I went back um, after being out of there for a little while in like in August, and I called them in August. They kind of knew like at that time of day that somebody was trying to quit and then you would get, you would get them on the phone and just say, here's his name's, you know, whatever, Joe, I'm making up a name. I don't, you know, it's Joe, here you go. You know, uh, he wants, he wants out. Okay. Put me on with them. And they're telling him, listen, I'm here now. I'm on vacation and I'm making all this money. I'm doing it. It's not that bad. You know, whatever the case may be. And you see the right. faces light up and, 
and all that other stuff. I mean, those are the ones that you kind of look back. I mean, we've had stories where guys made it to the league and they're just, you know, they do that stuff. And then like the other side of it too, is I did a year at Juco mm -hmm. and I really realized how, you know, sometimes, you know, when they don't have meal plans and stuff like that, how much we take for granted and, uh, totally. you, know, you know, doing stuff like that and being able to go ahead and, you know, sit down and eat with the guys like, and, you know, you get lunch and do whatever, but really not even that, just eating with them. Like, I think is so much, cause you're really, you're, you're in the non-threatening position. I think some of those have been, been some of the, the good stories. So I, I wish I could just pick one, but I think those, those scenarios where you, where you know they're kind of on the verge of it, but you've managed to bring back, you know, alumni and people like that on the moment's notice to pick up the phone and and and, and call you or just and then we'll have a conversation with them and, and you kind of you know you can change the trajectory of a kid's life. I think those are the ones that stick with me probably the most. I like that strategy. You have like a like a like a not a quit list, but you have like your your list of guys that you can refer to. You know, refer your current players to, and it's really hard when you're. You know, if you don't have, I think most fresh, everybody who plays college football has that moment where they're like in their dorm room by themselves and they're like, what the heck did I just get myself into? You know, and I think we were at the D3 level and the head coach there at the time, um, Clayton Kendrick Holmes is now at Army. Like when he came to the, you know, when he grew up as a, as a head coach, I was, I was growing up as a coach and he was kind of on his second coaching, head coach instead. When he grew up and he came to the realization, we're going to make it really difficult to quit. Like you're going to really have to we're going to make it really difficult to quit, but not in a way that we're going to dress you down. Mm -hmm. We're going to do it in a way that accelerates you up. And I think, like I said, tying into before about the retention piece, you know, that's, you know, and that's one of the things I think if, if any young coach really understands, like, like you have to, and, and Coach Conlon talks about, so it's about vertical alignment, like aligning the program with everything that you do. And, you know, whatever, whatever it is, the thing that's going to make you successful, and however you're going to do that from all the way to the top to every, every part of it too. You know, I think that that is, uh, I think that's so essential to be able to, to really align the program and every aspect of it too, you know, to understand they're going to, you know, in order to get to the top, because when you're at the top, everybody wants to, that's easy. That's, you know, like when you get yeah. there, everybody wants to be part of it. When it's a struggle. With, <laughs> Vertical alignment's yeah. a lot harder at 0 and 10 than 10 and 0. Yeah, no, it's, I've been to both of those. I've been to both of those. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've had some more, I probably had more fun at the bottom. <laughs> those years are stressful. Yeah, a lot less stressful when <laughs> you're Five, oh, and six years sometimes have been more, more entertaining. Especially. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, man, this is. I don't uh, want to go there, though. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't have to. Well, maybe that's part two or something. Um, but hey, Dave, this has been awesome, coach. I mean, I appreciate you taking time. You're you're gassed or in the thick of coaching here. Um, so um, if anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Um, just come over to my house. Just to, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> we'll post no, his address uh, in the show notes. Yeah, right. You might get a couple of kids that show up. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, Twitter is the best at coach dig D I G. Yep. Um, I guess, I don't know, whatever that is, it works yeah, out. Yeah, cool. It usually works out pretty well. Uh, but yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm more than open to uh, do it. We do, you know, all sorts of stuff out there. Cool. Awesome, Coach. Hey, we'll, we'll cut it right there then. Uh...